Is everybody good? Yeah? Y'all ready for more? Hey, it's not over. Don't you remember today's day of Pentecost? What do we open service with? What does Pentecost mean? Quick, somebody. Pentecost. It was a festival that they celebrated in honor of the harvest coming. It was after the Passover. It was 50 days, seven weeks. After the Passover, they would celebrate the Feast of Weeks. And it was a thanksgiving to God for being the one who brings in the harvest. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, they were all in one room and in one spirit. And suddenly, hello? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like the sound of rushing mighty winds. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared on top of them cloven tongues like fire, and it danced on each one of their heads. Come on, how cool is that? And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit empowered them. And then it goes on and on. That's Acts chapter 2. This is what today is celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that, the, that Jesus birthed the church at the cross. We believe this. So we, we were his body. And we were birthed at the cross when, when blood and water uh, spilled from him. We believe that the church was born. But the church really came to full life when the Holy Spirit was, was breathed upon these men. I love the fact that... Um, I'm just going to start here and just give a background, then we're going to go somewhere. I love the fact that there were about 120 that stayed out of all the people that were following Jesus. He said, do not leave. Don't leave Jerusalem. He's giving them instructions. All of you. He hung out with them for about 40 days, and then he left. He ascended into heaven, and they were so afraid, and they were so upset that he was leaving them. And he had already told them in John 14, 15, and 16, 17, right in there. He says, it's to your advantage that I leave. Like, I have to leave. Because you will not step into complete fullness unless I leave and Holy Spirit comes. And so Jesus is there. He's descending into heaven. And they're afraid and they're full of fear. And the angels appear to them and say, why are you crying? The same Jesus that you see leaving, he will come back one day. So go and do what he told you to do. Go and wait. And so they wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. They didn't know what was going to happen. They just know Jesus said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They didn't know how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. They just know he told them to go wait. And 120 people hung out after all these other people got tired and left. 120 left. 120 are left. And you know what I love about that? Every one of them had their own piece of the original flame. No one was left out. It wasn't for the more spiritual people. It wasn't for the, the ones that did the most miracles. It wasn't for the one with the best background or the most money. Everyone in that room that waited got a piece of the original flame of the Holy Spirit. He sat on top of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly, now we, 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 when we think about the power of the Holy Spirit... We think about the power, right? We think about miracles and signs and wonders. Am I the only one? You think of prophecies, right? You think of speaking in tongues and you think of the giftings. But Holy Spirit is so much more um, ro robust than just a gift giver to make us powerful. Hello? 
Over the next few weeks, I'm going to only speak about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to dive into it. I don't know however long it takes. Um, I figure, you know, years ago, um, Al Fury, y'all remember Al Fury? Fire and power. Isn't that kind of, kind of what he sounded like? Fire and power. I can't get it as rough as him, though. Or as cool sounding. <laughs> anyway, he told, he prophesied over me with him. He says, you were going to be Holy Spirit, man. I was like, oh, that's an awesome word. What in the world are you talking about? I have no idea what you mean. And I know that as I grow and as I mature, as I get closer to the Lord and spend more time with him, I'm beginning to understand what, what he's meaning by this. And, you know, Mandy said, Holy Spirit's our favorite. Uh, how can you have a favor of the Trinity? God the Father, he's pretty awesome, right? Yeah. All right, come on, y'all. It's all right, like, loosen up. Jesus is pretty awesome, right? It's like perfect. And Holy Spirit, they're amazing. You can't have one without the other. They all, they all come together. Hello? But we really focus on the Father. And we really focus on Jesus. And we're kind of nervous about the Holy Spirit. Like, okay, we don't understand him. He's a mystery. He does whatever he wants to do. Like, even in Sunday school, he's like the wind. He goes wherever he wants to go, and no one knows where he came from or where he's going. That's kind of how we have felt about Holy Spirit. But I want to start at the basics today on why did Jesus leave? Things were going so well, right? People were being saved every day. I mean, Jesus just paid for all the penalties for all of mankind at the cross. And he just rose from the dead. Like, this is, this is victorious. There's no need for, for more. That would have been a great place for the, the church to just say, man, wasn't that awesome? And that's what we're living in now is that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's the story. And you know what? That is how the majority of the world's Christians live their Christianity. That Jesus was a good man who came. He was without sin. He paid a sacrifice on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And now, yippee, we have eternal life. And that's the end of the story. But there's so much more than that. For us to abandon the book of Acts and beyond, and for us to abandon the very reason Jesus said, I have to leave, is to spit on why Jesus even came. He came for a reason. He finished that at the cross, but he still had more to do. He had to leave so that Holy Spirit could come. And why is this so important? Well, up until this time, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, did you know he was there? He's there all through the Old Testament. He's not just in the book of Acts. Holy Spirit is all through the Bible. As a matter of fact, he was with God at creation, right? He's the one that hovered over the nothing and made it into something. He was there from the beginning. He's wisdom. He's always been. He holds the universe together. It's the wisdom of God. So Holy Spirit is woven all through the scripture. And we, we miss him because this is what would happen. There would be a, a man or a woman of God and the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And they would do great and powerful things, right? And then the Holy Spirit would leave them and they, they would be a normal person again. Think of Samson. What happened when he lost all of his strength? What did he pray? God, just one more time, let your spirit come upon me like before. Your anointing, 
Come up on me like before so that I can feel the superpower strength of your spirit one more time. And God does it. And the spirit comes upon him and he kills more of the enemy than he ever did in his whole life. And then the Holy Spirit left him. The Spirit of God would come upon Gideon and he would be converted into another person. But then the Spirit of God would move from him, would leave him. So this is the church's history with this person of the Holy Spirit. He's someone that, that, that comes for a little bit and he sits on your shoulder and he makes you powerful to do things you couldn't do before. And then he leaves you and now you're left the same person you were before. But Jesus said, I have to leave. Because this is not the experience that, that my Father wants for our, for our children. It's where the Holy Spirit sits on us and then leaves. But He wants Him to come sit upon us and remain. And abide. Say the word abide. He abides with us. No one has known this before. Even Jesus came and now left. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes this time at Pentecost, he's going to abide on you. And it's not just for you, but it's for your children. Come on. And it's not just for your children, it's for your children's children. And for as many who call on the name of the Lord. What's the point? Jesus came and showed us who the Father was. Right? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Are y'all all right? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? Jesus demonstrated who Daddy was. And now he wanted us to understand what it was like and what he felt like. So he left so the Holy Spirit could come and live in us the way he lived in Jesus. Do you understand how important this day was? All of us had the opportunity now for Holy Spirit to live in us and not leave. See, many people think that you have to know everything about God or about Holy Spirit before you can experience Him. Have you ever tried that before? Like, man, I really need to learn everything I need to know about this subject so that I can experience the subject in, in God. I need to read everything there is about uh, tongues so that someday I can pray in tongues. Or I need to read and study and know everything there is about forgiveness so that someday I can forgive someone. I need to read and study everything I can about fearing the Lord so that someday I can fear the Lord. But that's not how the kingdom is. The kingdom says when you experience it, the knowledge comes with the experience. So to, to really understand the Holy Spirit, this is what we've done in the church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meander today. This is what we've done. We've tried to teach the Holy Spirit enough for us to want Him. Well, He'll give you power. He'll drive out fear. He'll make you holy. He'll convict you of sin. He'll comfort you. He'll walk beside you. We, we teach, 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 hoping people will have an encounter with Him if we teach about it enough. And we've gotten this completely wrong. What I want to happen today is I want you to experience him like you never have before today. I want Holy Spirit to encounter you today and then we'll learn about him with him as we go. How can we learn about Holy Spirit if he's the actual teacher? 
I mean, we've done this before. We've had, we're going to have six weeks of classes on the Holy Spirit. And on the seventh week, we're going to come in and we're going to lay hands on you so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then he will teach you everything you need to know from that point forward. He's the teacher. You have to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That emptiness and that void we talked about earlier, it comes from not having life in the Spirit. It comes from doing things in the flesh. It comes from making adjustments from our own wisdom and our own, our own discernment. But real change and real fulfillment and real life only comes through the Spirit. It cannot come through any other means. So we have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, if you want to go there, Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start in a, in a strange place, but this is so important. Matthew 3 verse 13. Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came to Galilee at the Jordan, and he came to John to be baptized by him. Because John was John the Baptist. That's who you go to. You don't look in the phone book for anyone. It's John the Baptist is who you go to to get baptized by. That's what he does. All right? But John said, no. I need to be baptized by you. You don't come to me to be baptized. All right? I'd, I'd be the same way. Like, no way I'm baptizing Jesus. That's too much pressure, right? That's, this is Jesus. And John's like, no, I, I can't do this. And Jesus said to him, permit it at this time, for, it, for if this, this, is, this has to happen. I'm going to say it in my words because I don't know what translation I have here, but I don't like it. It's hard for me to understand. My brain is doing New King NIV or something, and this is something else. So anyway, Jesus says, no, you have to baptize me. Because if you don't baptize me, then you cannot have, you cannot have uh, partake in the life that I'm going to give you. And so Jesus gets baptized, right? John baptized him. He says, okay. And after Jesus was baptized, y'all get the picture in your mind, okay? Jesus is in the Jordan River. Have you seen anyone recently? We had a friend of ours who used to go to the bridge. She got to go to the Holy Land. And she and her, her husband, they were divorcing. Their, their marriage was falling apart. And God completely restored their marriage. And now they're living uh, as a family, doing the things God's called them to do. And they went and they got baptized together. And, and he baptized his wife, come on, in the Jordan River. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. I was so excited for her and for him, right? It's cool to see reconciliation like that. And I was like, that's the same place where Jesus got baptized. The Jordan River right there. So as Jesus, get that picture in mind, he's going into this dirty river. He gets baptized. And as he comes up out of the water... The heavens were opened up, and we saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove, and it sat upon him. And behold, a voice out of heaven said this, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. Would you say it with me? This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. What's the point? This is why Jesus left. He left so that you and I could feel what he felt on that day. Let me think about it for a minute. I know I don't know if I'm if this is just a man thing, but men want to be affirmed. 
I, I, I love it when my dad says, hey, you're doing a good job. How many like that? When a, when a dad or a father figure or someone in authority, like, man, you did a, you're, you're someone at work, man, you did a really good job. I'm proud of you. It feels good, and it's supposed to, right? This is the ultimate of that feeling. This is Jesus being baptized before his ministry ever starts. And the Holy Spirit, as a sign that God was with him, sits upon him. And God says, this is my son. I want you all to know this. I'm so proud of him. That's my boy. He's awesome. He's amazing. There's no one like him. He's the best. I'm proud with him. I'm in love with this man, Jesus. Come on. Jesus felt something on that day, a security that would never, ever be taken from him. I wanted to start here to talk about Holy Spirit because Jesus left so the Holy Spirit could come so that you and I could feel what it feels like to be a son or a daughter with God being pleased with us. Now, if we're all honest, is that typically how we think God looks at us? Like, man, I'm pleased with them. How many, like if you take your, just your last week and you play the movie in front of everyone, would God open the heavens and a dove come down and sit upon us and say, this is my son, Matt. Oh, I'm so pleased with him. How many feel that that's how God feels about us? But it is how he feels about us. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I was an idiot this last week. That's okay. He loves us. He's pleased with us. We cannot come to the Father and have life if we don't believe that he's our Father and that we're his children. See, when I, when I reject myself because of behavior, I reject his ability to be my Father. And I disconnect myself from the security that comes with being a son or a daughter. I feel like that all the things that Holy Spirit came to do, I feel like this is the critical, most important thing. He came as the spirit of adoption. Would you say that with me? The spirit of adoption. It's Romans 8. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are, who are pleasing to the Father. For the law of the spirit of life set us free from the law of sin and death. So what made us disqualified before has been taken care of by Jesus' blood. And now this Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, has now introduced us to a new spirit. The spirit of adoption. Where we are now called sons and daughters. Whereas before we related to God from an orphan perspective. Like, we're not, we're not pleasing to him. We didn't do enough good for him. I'm trying to earn his favor. I'm trying to get on his good side. I'm trying to do better than Kyle so that he loves me in a way that he doesn't love Kyle and create competition right here. That's an orphan spirit. And Jesus, when the church was being blown up, when it was, ex when it was exploding onto the scene, he, he wanted Holy Spirit to come and fix this first and foremost. No competition in my church. No battling for daddy's affection. No battling for his love and affection. He's got it. You've got it already from the start. 
It's not the law of the law any longer. The law that, that causes condemnation. Romans 7, who will save us from this body of death? The things I want to do that are good, I don't do them. The bad things I don't want to do, I do. And it goes on, right? Who will save me from this? Well, the answer is Romans 8. There's no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. Because that law can only produce death. But this new law of the Spirit can only produce life. But the first step is for you to realize you're a daughter. Or you're a son. Are y'all with me? And then it goes on down in Romans 8 verse 16. It says that actually, verse 15 and 16, that actually the Spirit of God that descends upon us and rests upon us will cry out from the inside of us. And what is, what is, what is his words? First words. Abba. Oh, Papa. Daddy. How many remember all your kids' first words? Yeah? I think they're kind of important. Joe's first word? Ball? That was a question, though. Ball? <laughs> Matthias' first word was Bubba. Bubba. He loves Bubba, right? Levi's first words? Mama. We won't say dad, dad very often. Unless he's telling on me. And he's like, dad, 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 dad. <laughs> the first words are really important to us. Right? I mean, why don't we remember the second or the third? Because the first words are so important. Holy Spirit in us, the spirit of adoption. His first words crying out from the deepest place in us is what? Abba. Daddy. What's the point? The first words spoken are the most important. He wants us to understand he's our dad can't get that without Holy Spirit. Did you know that? You cannot you cannot get the understanding that he's dead and then he's safe without Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. And he's called us to give us full rights as a son. He goes on to say, say that if we're sons and daughters then we're also heirs with Christ. In other words, we have everything that Jesus has. How? Through the Holy Spirit of adoption. Through the Spirit of holiness. What's the point? I need to experience Holy Spirit. Outside of all the stuff we've made it, we need to experience it as a spirit of adoption. Because a lot of us, we, we do our dumbest things because of an orphan spirit. The stupidest things we do in life are because an orphan mentality takes over our brain. And we react, and we freak out, and we become fearful, and we try to clean up our mess with the dirty towels, and we make a bigger mess because we're orphans. We don't know how to act or operate. But when that spirit of the orphan is removed from us, and the spirit of sonship, the spirit of being a daughter comes into us, all of a sudden, everything is seen from a different perspective. Come on. Yeah, we will re receive power. We'll get into that. We will receive power. One translation actually says that power will seize you. <laughs> Come on, I want to be seized by the power yeah. of God. Take over. Mm -hmm. Right? But that isn't the goal, and that is not what Holy Spirit should... That's not why we should talk about Holy Spirit, so that you can be empowered. So that we can weaponize the church. Are you okay? Is this making sense? 
Yeah, we have gifts, but those gifts come from a son or a daughter mentality. An, an orphan spirit says, oh, I want their gift. Oh, that's a cool gift. I want that gift. But that's not my gift. But, but it's so cool and flashy. And look how people accept them when they do their gift. I want that acceptance. Well, if we go back to the start and the Holy Spirit comes upon us like a dove, and the voice from our Father in heaven says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, then I don't need you to applaud when I'm operating in my gift as a son. Yeah. I'm already accepted and the Father validates me, not you. See how it fixes everything? If we put the gifting stuff first and we put the power stuff first, it creates competition. Now, I'm Assembly of God. I was raised Assembly of God. I, I, they said we have a tattoo on us somewhere, AG. And we get a lot of stuff right in the Assemblies of God. Absolutely. But one thing we've done where we've shifted a little away from the original intent is on this topic of the Holy Spirit. Because we've tasted how awesome the gifts are, and they are. No question. They're amazing. We're going to talk about them in the next few weeks. The giftings that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. Man, we need all of them in operation. I believe in every one of them. And I would love to be used in every one of them. But man, to pursue the giftings outside of sonship just creates a mess. And we end up using our gift and hurting people for approval. When Holy Spirit, the spirit of adoption, takes care of that from the start. So yeah. that when the gifting does come and rest upon us, it comes through a pure vessel. Instead of an insecure, fear-filled vessel. It's the spirit of adoption. So Pentecost, we're going to close with this. Pentecost is the manifestation of the same baptism that Jesus experienced at his baptism. So being filled with the Holy, being baptized with the Holy Spirit is the same manifestation of the same thing that happened when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit rested upon him and the heavens opened and the Father says, I'm pleased with you. How many knows what happens? And so we read Matthew 3. 13 through 17. What happens in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1? Anyone know? And it says, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted. So Jesus' ministry never started until he was first approved and validated by his Father. From that point forward, nothing else could fight for God's agenda for his life. We've talked about this a lot. Jesus did not let other people set his agenda. They would bring to him things and say, hey, what do you say about this? He wouldn't even answer their question because it was off topic. He did not feel the need to answer all their questions right to get their approval. Oh, yeah, he's definitely a, he's definitely a prophet. Oh, he knows the law. He, yep. He didn't need that from them. So he stayed on message. Why? Because his father already said, son, 
I am so pleased with you as my son. Live as a son from now on. You'll never go wrong. And Jesus did. Come on. How do you want that to happen for you? Like to break that mentality. I, I, I don't have time and I'm, I, I wouldn't take the whole time, the rest of the time to explain how this creeps into our mindsets. But I know it does because it has happened with me. This performance thing. This need for a pat on the back. Yeah, we should pat each other on the back. It's, it's part of life. It's important. But my ultimate approval, my ultimate validation should come from the fact that he's my father and I'm in relationship with him. Yeah. And after that, if you've got a problem with it, you can take it up with daddy. Come on. <laughs> and if I'm out of line, daddy will correct me. And if I don't listen to Daddy's correction, he'll bring one of my brothers or my sisters that love me. And they'll say, hey, Dad's been talking to you. Are you listening to him? <laughs> yeah, come on. But it never comes through, I disapprove of you. No. I reject you. I disown you. So today, the day of Pentecost celebration, <clears throat> I felt like the most important place we could start is to is to go back to the original source. When the dove came upon Jesus and the voice says, I am pleased with you. Yeah, come on. All right, would you stand? We're going to pray into this. Honestly, kind of feel like some of this happened during worship. I feel like his spirit came into the room and I feel like he rested upon us. I feel like yeah. some, if not all, experienced something in that moment. And that was his spirit. I don't know what it looks like. You don't have to figure out what it looks like for you. <clears throat> Just let it happen. Let Holy Spirit begin a relationship with you. Like, well, I've known him for a long I know, but let's start. Let's start over. I don't want to erase my history, but I want to start over like it's new. I want to start from, from the beginning. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter. I want to let go of all this other stuff. So would you just join me in prayer right now? I'm going to pray from here. Would you just pray where you're at? That, that you will begin a journey of, of dancing with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Father, we surrender to you. We surrender to you right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and encounter us. The one who abides, the one who adopts us into the family, release you right now.
Here's the homework. You need to create an opportunity for this encounter. You need to make a place for him. Amen? Amen. We need this encounter. We really need this. He's in us for us. He's on us for others. We know that. Man, it starts here. I just want to ask this question. Just raise your hand if you have ever, if you know for a fact that you had that second encounter with the Holy Spirit. Like you've given your heart to Jesus and so you know he, he had him at salvation to, to help lead you. But you've had the second encounter, which is a fire. You know you've had that encounter, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Would you just raise your hand? I just want to know. It's awesome. It's good for me to know. Yeah. How many want another encounter with him? how I feel. I, I want to give the rest of my life, honestly, to know this thing. Moving the Spirit. Yeah. I really do. I want, to, I want to know how the Holy Spirit moves. I want to understand it. I want to walk with Him. I want to know Him so intimately. I want my thoughts to be the same as His thoughts. How many of us feel that way? Yeah. So Father, we come to You yeah. now. and we. I'm Seriously, I'm making a commitment in front of everyone right now. I give you my life, the rest of my life, that I may know you, that I may know the power of your resurrection, that I may have the fellowship of your suffering, the fellowship of your Holy Spirit the way you did. I want to know that, the dance that you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit danced, I want that dance. I want to learn that dance. And I commit myself, I make a commitment now to learn this one thing. now, but let's just make it a place of prayer. You want to kneel at your seat, kneel. Because it's really important we do this more often. I'm just going to kneel right here. 